So we were just discussing where to start. Where do you start? How do you, you know, obviously b- before we start the podcast, we're sitting here talking for a little while. And uh, when do we, you know, we press record and then we just say go? Yeah. We, we're going right now. We're going? Let's go. Let's go. It's intro music for a nice Peter podcast. So welcome to the podcast. I, you gotta excuse me if I sound a little uh, kind of nasally. I've got a, I've got a cold and a, a flu sort of thing, and it, it's Friday, and I did not do my workout today. Ah, uh, yeah, I skipped. There's still it. time though. I don't feel like working out today. When are you sick, are you a morning only kind of guy too? No, I was actually interested in doing the afternoon thing, but but when you're sick, I don't think exercising is even like courteous to the rest of the people sharing the mats and equipment. <laughs> That's, that's like really sniffling all over. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the runny nose coughing. You don't want to be that. No, there's no towel guy. in the world. No, that can wipe that up. No, it's gross. It's one of the one of the things I hate. So uh, there's very few things I hate, but one of them is when when someone shakes your hand and then and then later on in conversation is like, ugh, really feeling sick. Yes. And, and then you're just standing there looking at your hand for the next 20 minutes waiting to get to the bathroom to wash it. That's why they invented the pound. The British currency? Oh, the fist bump. The American currency. The fi- of hello. <laughs> yes, the fist the fist pound. Pound it. Um as I said, welcome to, welcome to the podcast. We have our we have our first guest today. Never had a guest, seeing as we've only had one podcast. That's that's all right. Uh with me as always is is your co-host Dante. Hello. And um we're sitting right now in the remnants of what was a 246 minute jam session last night? <laughs> yes, 246. Is that what we clocked in at? So, uh, our guest today is, is an old friend of mine named Greg. And uh, I thought it was appropriate. You know, here we are at the beginning of this podcast, and we can go back to the beginning of, of my explorations as a singer and as a musician. Really started. Uh, with this gentleman about about 15 years ago we were in Fredonia, New York and we used to very idyllic we would literally sit in the fields with guitars and like girls and (laughs) and make up songs and sing songs that was that was a real that was a real thing we did college yeah so we'll we'll bring Greg on in a minute Uh, in the meantime I wanted to I don't know what I wanted to do Discuss the fact that my mouth is still kind of on fire from the salsa that I just ate. I don't know if that's relevant. It's all the beauty of podcasting. That you can just discuss anything? Yeah, discuss the fire in your mouth. I I, I get bored with food if it's not spicy, so I I often take it too far. Mm -hmm. And I'll pile on the hot sauce, or I'll get the the hottest salsa. And while you're eating it, it's so exciting. It's like, ooh, this is, like, gives a danger to food. And And then afterwards, you realize that, that was, that was excessive. There comes a point you have to ask yourself, how much of this is uh, is like the food actually good? If I have to cover this much of it in hot sauce to that's a very good to point. burn all that's of it into my point. my taste buds. Well, it turns out that the vegan food we had last night, the lentil quesadilla leftover that I just ate, yes, the cold lentil <laughs> vegan quesadilla was a little bit lacking. I can see that calling for hot sauce needed some punch. But uh, 
as we mentioned in our inaugural podcast, this is a shame-free zone, so I'm not a, not ashamed of my, my hot sauce use. No, no, no. Yeah, and it's not the hot sauce use. It just becomes, you got to look at the food sometimes. No, it was gross. Yeah. It's, I mean, even the name, excuse me, sir, would you like a cold lentil vegan quesadilla? <laughs> no, thank you. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, let's bring on our our, our guest, yep. Mr. Greg Alexander. Hi, hi, Greg. Hi. Nice hey, to see you. Nice to see you. So I was just telling them a little bit of the story about 15 years ago. We were in the the sunny fields of Fredonia, New York. Yes. And yes. Uh, do you remember how we met? Do you remember? I re- well, I remember how we met. I would you recount it? It was through your roommate Colin. Okay who, uh, interestingly enough, was told all his childhood that he was allergic to chocolate. Yes. And then he developed, he, when he was like 13, his mother told him, oh, you're not allergic to chocolate. I just didn't want you to be fat. Yeah. So he had this, like, really intense relationship with chocolate. A lot of guilt. Like, I, I can see him having, like, almost some sort of a mother fetish connected to it, <laughs> where his, like, ultimate fantasy would be to, like, be poured in chocolate and wear a diaper. And I don't know. Something I don't, like that. Something like that, which yeah. is... In our shame-free zone, that's all right. If yeah. That's, C- C- Colin's a wonderful man. I, yeah. I hope if you're listening right now, Colin, you know that I, I love you and respect you. And and I'll, I'll pour chocolate on you if that's we'll, what you need. We'll send you some chocolates. Absolutely. <laughs> so we met there. So I originally was, was, was friends with Colin, and, uh, and then you and I had that, that one magical summer. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that was the summer I decided I was in New York City before that. I had moved away after college, actually. And then I came back to spend that summer. I did the same thing. I, I had dropped out of school. Did you drop out of school also? No, I finished it. You finished it. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I, I dropped out and then and then came back. So we both kind of were drawn back into Fredonia. And uh, I got a job at Applebee's. Yeah, you were an Apple buddy. Yeah. Were, were you working somewhere at the time? Some, uh, somewhere. I think in that summer, I was working at the White Inn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I worked there all the time. Kind of a terrible place. Yeah. Were you guys like concierge or... Waiters. Oh, I waited uh, tables. I, I actually did housekeeping. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. That, I'll tell you this about the White Inn, and this is no longer the case, but it was a very fancy restaurant, and uh, they had a bread warmer. So on your table, you got warm rolls, which are excellent. Everyone is like, ooh, warm bread. If you didn't eat all the rolls on your table, they went back into the bread warmer and were served to the next table, which I don't mind. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think most people aren't. I think uh, most people find that objectionable. Because who knew who touched it who, or sneezed on it? Yeah, like it's, well, you're I, just talking about the handshake. Yeah, thing. but you can handle the bread, but you, you're like focusing on. Yeah, it was a dirty, dirty place <laughs> back in the. It is under new ownership, so a disclaimer out yes. there: White Inn is different. But back in the day, it was a dirty, dirty place full of drug addicts and just. And then it was all fancy on the outside, you know. Yeah. And in the kitchen, it was filthy. But I kind of hear that about a lot of kitchens in the uh, service world. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that. It can get gnarly. It's a it's yeah. a bit of a like a it almost feels like a submarine crew back there. Yeah. A lot mm. of swearing and, yeah. and innuendo and and sweat. Some a lot of sweat. Yeah. It gets hot. I mean, you get yeah. 15 orders at once and Yeah. I tell you that they experiment with the deep fryers a lot. They deep fried a moth. Oh, oh no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I no, never why heard would about they do that. that? Uh, just cause see what happens, you uh, know. <laughs> it's, it's do they drain the oil afterwards, or is that now moth oil for the next day? I can't answer that. I, oh, I don't no. have that information. Did they bread the moth? I don't know. I just know they deep fried a moth. 
while I was there. Did they eat it? I don't know. I would have eaten it. You would. Oh, yeah. You would eat it. You I'm, eat bugs. I'm into right? eating. I'm into. I've never done it. You're into. But the concept of eating bugs. I keep on hearing crickets are like really good in protein. I've had a cricket. And. It tasted. It was like in cayenne pepper. It looked just like a cricket. And that part that, was gross. I feel like it's just like land shrimp. So it if you can get into land shrimp, it is. I um, eat land shrimp. Crickets are a little strange, but if you package it as land shrimp, so <laughs> maybe I think I could get more into that. Maybe someone, maybe everyone else could too. So you're not eating bugs; you're eating uh, land shrimp. Well, check this out, yo, right. yo, regarding such things. Um, a friend of mine in Vermont, she um, from Vermont, she was a wildlife biologist, and now she's a big proponent of uh, bug uh, culinary arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was also, and or can still considers herself a vegetarian. Um, but but she for, eats bugs. But for bugs, yeah. So I don't know. But it's apparently cruelty-free uh, death in that they can uh, they lower the bug's temperature slowly. And so that's how they die. They just sort of like... Freeze to death? Have you seen The Shining? Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> they go into like a coma state. See, I, when it comes to bugs, I don't think their nervous system is capable of, of registering pain or regret or fear. A friend of mine... What, a, a friend who's the think tank feller, he happens to be a vegan, said... Um, we're, we're both making hand motions to direct you to talk right closer. into the microphone. Okay, a little bit closer. That's Hi. nice. Yeah, see. yeah, that is. That's nice and... Okay. You can talk to us without looking at us. Oh, okay. I would, it would be cool if there was a three-way so I could like look that way. That's, that's going to be the natural evolution of yeah. the podcast. Um, so, yeah, a friend of mine said that that regarding like bugs or anything that can do the following, which is respond to a pain stimulus and move actively away from the pain stimulus. Well, yeah, they, it serves an evolutionary function. Sure, they're going to avoid pain, but I don't. Th- when it happens, I think they just go avoid, avoid, avoid. They don't go like ouch or so oh, I'm lonely. They're like little robots. I think they're more like robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think even I look at animals. I went to Disney World last weekend, and I don't, I don't go to zoos. I don't believe in supporting zoos, but I got to go f- for free. Yeah. So I kind of made this weird moral exception. <laughs> I went to their animal kingdom, and you could see these animals with the big heads, they looked sad. Mm-hmm. Animals with small heads compared to their body looked happy as clamps. They're just wandering around, same bush, eating. Oh, look, a bush. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think... Brain capacity. Brain size. Brain size in relative, like the, the anteater. Yeah. First of all, it was the weirdest animal I've ever seen and looked really happy, if that's possible. But I guess if they look happy, could they also look sad? Yeah, and what they look to you may not exactly be what they are. Agreed. So, so this is a good segue that y- you are currently uh, eating a vegan diet. True, true that. And is that. Is that mostly because of your health choices or because of, of the animal cruelty or both? Or? Um, I think it's it starts with the, for me, it started with the moral ethical component. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily the, yeah, the animal cruelty thing. Because, I mean, especially factory farms, you know, that whole thing. It's yeah. a bummer. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. Sure. Yes. I myself, uh, I don't have any problem with death. You know, I, I, I believe that the killing of an animal and the eating of an animal can be a, a natural process. It's the lifetime of suffering yeah. that yeah. bothers me. I totally agree. Everything's going to die. I mean, that's not the problem. It's the suffering life. Yeah. 
we were at uh, a restaurant, and so foie gras just became legal in Los Angeles. I heard about that. Oh no, yeah, it's a bummer. Man. It's like it. It feels just like culinary middle fingers. Mm. It's just it. So if you're not familiar out there, foie gras is a goose liver, usually, or a duck liver. It's a bird. It's foul liver, and normally it's a fattened liver, which which in the extreme cases they like stick a tube down a goose's mouth yeah. and just pump it full of corn or whatever. And that's it's pretty vile. Yes. Yeah. I, I did hear there's a, a humane way to do it, and the goose is prompted either by the season or by something in its diet that it wants to be engorging itself. But it's a it's a very timely process. Sure. So you can't get natural foie gras. And this restaurant claimed – so we went to this restaurant. It was Lloyd and myself and uh, some other people, and – they they were real. They were like, we have a special tonight. It's foie gras just became legal, and I could feel the middle fingers, <laughs> yeah. you know. And Lloyd and I both almost left be- because of that. We we and we we didn't want to get like all annoying at the restaurant, but we did want them to know that hey, like we almost left your place because you're so out about your foie gras. Yeah, and which is you know respect to you, it's your business, but we just wanted to give you that feedback. And uh, it was a really hard. To, thing to do without being totally annoying I, yeah. I find that that i guess that um conundrum a lot when i go out to eat because i always want to ask hey where'd you get your beef from sure hey where'd, where'd you get any of your meat from uh how was it raised is, do you know the farm I and, think, I, and i keep on chickening out because mm, i so don't want to be because i don't want to be the annoying guy i think the time is coming where that is going to be more and more okay because and we did ask and she said you know i checked with the chef and we actually we don't get it from from a force feeding place, it's it's a, a whatever more humane foie gras. We we made that choice, and so we gave her more feedback. It was like you know we we would love to hear that at, at the beginning, mm-hmm. just like you advertise free range mm-hmm. chicken and whatnot. Mm-hmm. However, it turns out the rules on what you need to do to call your chicken free range are oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. pretty loose. Yes. Free range abandon. I mean, it's probably better, but I would say don't rely on free range with, for your eggs and your chicken anymore. It's and that's it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a joke. That's yeah. a bummer. I, I I had been thinking that my my consumer dollar was I was able to like support uh, a, an alternative and yeah, Purdue's been lying to us apparently. Oh yeah, but that's Purdue. I think luckily we live in, in Los Angeles with our farmers markets and if sure. you have a farmers market, go. It's incredible. It's awesome. Uh, but you can't you do get to know the farmer. Yeah. It, there's a good they can you can look them in the eye. And ask them. You get to know the meat in a different way. I bought yeah. pork belly from, this might gross you out, from the farmer's market, right. from, yeah. from this rancher. And it had a nipple on it, mm-hmm. mm. which was weird. But then it made me, like, this is an animal. This, yeah. this is an animal's flesh. And uh, the nipple looked healthy. So I, I assumed that the animal was, was content when it died. Or I don't know. I'd like to think that that makes some sort of difference. But I admire the, the choice to go. Go fully vegan because I know you love cheese. Yeah, now uh, I've got to kind of abandon it. See, hmm. I don't understand uh, the moral implications in cheese. Well, cheese, and I found this out or was like solidified for me recently. Um, there's inherent in the dairy industry, there's an inherent like slaughter component. Um, and there's also so the the in order for the the mother cow to have milk that could be milked and shared, it has to have a baby. So if for one the baby is taken away and does not get to have its own mother's milk and it's actually raised on formula, so wow. we can drink the milk. So it's just as far as the animal's own autonomy and, and you know quality hmm. of life. 
Um, so the baby's taken away, but then if it's a male baby, it's usually sold to slaughter, and oftentimes that's where the veal industry comes from, is from the, the, the male. I'm proud to say I haven't had veal in years. I used to love veal. Veal parmesan? Oh, I've had that many years ago, and man, this is tasty. Yeah. It is a delicious yeah. food product. But I am, yeah. I just don't really care for veal. Don't seek it out. I it's won't order it. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. We, uh, yeah, we... We get too much meat, I think. It's too cheap. Mm-hmm. Ch- chicken is so outrageously cheap. Yeah. And then, and then you know, you see a video of, like, what the chickens are, where they're at, and you don't want to eat it. No. I wouldn't eat a muffin if it touched the floor. And yet this chicken is just sitting in, in turds all day. Yeah. And festering and... Yeah. yeah and getting bro- sores. Feet. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, not, it's not good. No. It's not good. So I do ad- admire the choice. I'm going to cough. Sounds like I'm gonna cry. There's <laughs> <coughs> my illness, which is probably brought on by my meat and dairy consumption. No. Do you get that whiskey going on for your cough? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <clears throat> Never mind. Um, <laughs> the the veggies. I find just trying to eat more veggies. I don't I don't know if you're trying to substitute some more veggie days in your diet. I think that's a good first step towards yeah. like. Being able to justify higher priced meat in your in your day in your life, because then you're it's a special occasion. You're having it once or twice a week, and then it becomes like, oh yeah, no, that chicken is worth twelve dollars instead of three. And it it should be, you know. Yeah, it it's going to be. be worthwhile if that's what you enjoy as well. It's going to taste better, and it's going to be better for you, and you're going to appreciate it more because you're not just like grabbing any old thing that comes along out of the fast food. You know, I yeah. The one argument that really bothers me is is when people say, "Oh, I don't want to know. Don't don't tell me this. Ah. I I don't want to know." And I I think it's our it's our responsibility to to be aware. To Absolutely. Kn- to know, hey, you're eating this. You should you got to know where where it comes from. I feel like when you have the entirety of human like consciousness consciousness and uh, information like the world's library in the palm of your hand and accessible to you any any time in the first world learn just start to learn about things it's important it's there for you it's important and it's easy and it's good it's easier than ever people are scared of of knowing the truth yeah so that's enough about food (laughs) i I really wanted to talk to you about singing Mm -hmm. Mm. i think there's a lot of people out there who like myself 15 years ago was a little bit scared to sing and a little bit scared to sing i think the one thing i learned the most from you was singing with abandon you know not being like you know it it might sound awful but you're you're going for a note that you you think you can't hit and if you if you don't hit it it's okay learn how to control those muscles even more it's like it's like doing push-ups you know the first time you do push-ups it's all it's a little awkward and and weird and then you keep doing them and and eventually so how did you get into singing what what's what's your background um well i was doing it Ever since I was, um, well, it's sort of seriously, you know, quote unquote, ever since I was eight years old. Um, in terms of, you know, I always did the school music program, and luckily I had um, one. And sure. a lot of other places, a lot of places, unfortunately, don't. They're getting cut, so that that's unfortunate. And I was also blessed to have, I was grew up in Saranac Lake, New York, in the Adirondack Mountains of super northeastern New York State. And... Um, we had a, a thing every summer called the Adirondack Festival of American Music, which was um, like 
a month or so in the summer when all these like world-class professionals, voice teachers, um, choir singers, orchestral members would come to my small little town in the Adirondacks and do this this whole workshop. So I got to have be mentor, mentored under like the director and founder of the Texas Boys Choir, um, who, you know, Igor Stravinsky, if you've heard of him, old classical composer. Heard of that guy, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He, he mentored you? Not Stravinsky. Stravinsky, I was going to say, like, called George Bragg, like, he was... He's the Texas Boys Choir guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was worked with him, and... That, I love how things connect. So you went to this program. Some Some dude from Texas came, took time out of his life to help you learn how to sing. Yeah, exactly. You took time out of your life to help me learn how to sing, and now, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to sing and make music and, and, and share it with people that I, I hope it makes people happy. It's amazing how those little chain of events go. Yeah. So can you can you sing a little bit for us, just so the people out there can, can hear? What should I sing? What should I sing? Maybe I'll sing something like this. But this is just a way, this is just a thing that I can sing. That's very nice already. Yeah. That's very nice already. You just, <laughs> you got to control over your voice. It's Yeah, Greg's an angel. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it, it comes from, I think, just a lifetime of experimenting with singing and learning different ways. That's what I say a lot to people is just like, you got to find a place and a comfort. If it's your own private space, find the space you need to or go out in the middle of nowhere and and just try your voice on for size you have to like sort of you have to like a suit you have to like wear it out and wear it in and get in there and walk around in it and explore all the corners and so i have to ask as growing up in saranac lake would would you just kind of you know mosey through the mountains and be yodeling and, and <laughs> you know what i mean and, and like being out in nature and really experimenting with your voice or were you doing a lot in a studio would you do in your bedroom in your basement um mostly i think i remember doing it in my bedroom growing up i remember like one time particularly like i had mariah carey's vision of love single mm -hmm. and i was like playing that over and over again and trying to get the little the riffs and the riff section and stuff sure but, so i would do that stuff in my my bedroom and i also i didn't listen to a lot of musical theater too in that era and classical and jazz do you have a favorite musical um no no sorry. got a lot of them my, yeah, my sort favorite, of. My ahead. favorite musical is Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is a great one. I never I got to be in that, but I didn't know that until I met you. Met Jesus you Christ go. Superstar. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I used to play that one. That has good stuff that. in oh, it. Yeah. Good stuff. I would like to do that someday, probably. So, do you um, have any, you know, any nuggets of advice for for people out there who maybe think they can't? Because I I believe everyone can sing, and and sometimes it's just uh, believing in yourself, and and kind of. Forcing yourself to, to get better, to you know it when you when you sing a note and it, it's it's off, and and believing that you can do it even better the yeah. next time you try. Yeah. So that would be my nugget of, of yeah. advice. But. I mean, I would piggyback on that and say that that's it's probably that confidence and that willing to exper willingness to experiment and whatnot that where you where you can yeah you try singing you try you know try it on for size as i said that whole thing about you know go, trying out your voice looking into all its little nuts and bolts and getting used to it and comfortable with it so then you know what's where you know where it's weak where it's strong where it's getting high where it's getting low and that thing where um, you can sing and if if you have your the other aspect is if you have your ears open i was telling you know your lovely girlfriend the other day hmm. that uh 
big wide open ears is like something that I, that I think maybe I was told when I was a kid, but I feel like as a musician in general, that's just like some of the best advice to just cultivate that listening and that it's it's being present in in the tone, like be, find a, a way to kind of ride your voice or just be like focused all your energy, close your eyes, so to speak, and just get into what the voice is doing, be there. So then you know that when it goes up, it goes up. If you're out of tune, you can hopefully hear it with your big wide open ears, and then you just gotta believe that you can you can tune it and and experiment. You know, basically, even if you don't know theory, you don't know up or down or whatnot, just try moving the tone until it sounds right. You know, until so that that was a big. I remember doing this exercise with you many years ago, where you you go out of pitch on purpose, and I, I talk about this sometimes in songwriting, where sometimes you need to write a bad song on purpose to, to, to be writing songs. Mm-hmm. Like instead of worrying, oh, is this song gonna be good enough? Just write it. Make it make it bad on purpose. Write a bad song. Just so you you start that process flowing. And I remember sitting with you and, and singing notes and taking them out of pitch and hearing it go like and that's uh, super fun. If super you can get some fun. friends who want to sing together or do that, you know, just hit yeah, we could demonstrate that. If we, Let's if do it. I, I have a little bit of a cold, but go okay. ahead. So we'll do like a falsetto kind of okay. tone, and we'll all go unison. And then how about who wants to go up or down? You, why don't you you move? We'll tr- we'll try and. Stay okay, there. you guys hold, yeah. and I'll go a certain direction. All right. Oh, no, we trying to be unison. We're trying to be unison. It's a little tough with the headphones. <laughs> yeah, it might be. That is incredible. <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like to you out there, but in here, right. it's it's like it, it's like swirling yeah. around in my yeah, you head. You can feel the airways moving. And so uh, that's a, like yeah, that's a great waves. exercise for ear, and it's interesting and fun. You can annoy people with it who aren't doing it. It just know? helped me. It helped me stop being afraid of of sounding bad, realizing that you know just having the experience of sounding bad on purpose or sounding off pitch on purpose as a way to learn what on pitch feels like mm-hmm. it was great really opened my, my eyes so you m- you might know greg from the awkward white guys in shorts uh song and video he was also in the video so that was the last time he was coming through town um we sat down if i remember correctly i was just on the drums and you were on the piano and we just started making that up yep and it turned into you know a relatively Bigger song and, and bigger video. He and came in in shorts that I, day. I was wearing shorts, which yeah, I he was... He happened to be white. And, and relatively awkward. Yeah. And through that song, you know, which was just me getting out a, a, a fear and a self-consciousness, I've become a pretty proud short wearer since then. Hmm. I've yeah. accepted my legs as, as what they are, and uh, it was a good experience. So thank, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, good times. I remember, um, I remember going to the creek with you in Fredonia, New York. Mm-hmm. Many the nights, creek. the creek. Uh, yeah. There was this creek. You had to walk through a great vine field to get to it, and we would, you know, we would pack a little book bag full of Jenny Light beer cans yeah. and hike our guitars down there. Put our guitars in and put the beers in the river to get them cold. Mm-hmm. And we'd light a fire and we'd just sing for hours, just making things up. And that's really where I started that journey of of improvising songs and, and singing funny songs and, and making people laugh and smile. and It was really, it was really great. Everybody yeah. should have a friend like Greg. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure you do. You probably have a friend like Greg near you. He's probably just a little little different. Marches to the slightly different beat. Yeah. So you <laughs> you you're if I, if I'm not mistaken, you're just you're roaming the country at the moment. Yeah, at the moment that's what it seems to be. Yes. Yeah. It's not a total roam, but it's like yeah, this kind of circuit circular migratory pattern has has developed. Where were you before you came to Los Angeles? Um, I was like Northern California. And what what were you doing in Northern the, California? You can talk about it. I can talk about it. Um, I was working on a farm. It was a uh, medicinal farm. It uh, grew medicinal herbs. Sage and whatnot? I think a relative relative of sage, primarily. But, um, yeah, working on that. And uh, that was just a little teeny piece of of the arc. But that's sort of become a a tradition, fall in Northern California for that. And it's a good excuse then to go down to L.A. somewhere before or after that. Sure. So it's like the the medicinal farms have a have a weed harvest. Yeah. Essentially. And and so there's there's all kinds of work and all kinds of people coming together to, to basically sit in a room and trim up marijuana, is that right? Yeah, that's that's what it is. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds outrageous it's to me. It's pretty outrageous. I mean to just interact with so much of that stuff. Pounds? Pounds and pounds and pounds. Pounds of yeah, pounds and pounds. That is wild. I'm I'm I instantly picture the scene from New Jack City where they're they're like processing all the cocaine and everyone's like naked. To make sure they don't steal it, and it's this really secure, tight environment. Is it? It's a, a lot l- like that. Yeah. R- you really? There's nudity <laughs> and body cavity searches. How many people are in the room <laughs> with you trimming uh, fresh marijuana? Um, well, it's been. I've been in many different situations. I've been um, in a teepee by a river, like out in the. There's just this whole gamut, this whole range of things. A teepee by a river and like a community farm. So, I've done it with by myself from like one to maybe the most number of people I did it with was 40. There was 40 people in a room all trimming. That was on a, on a, on a property or at a farm. So there was in one room, there'd be like nine and downstairs within our five. And then outside there was like pop-up tents with another 10 people in each tent. So I've become living in Los Angeles where marijuana has been legal for several years now. I've become a little used to this. I imagine to people listening other places in the world besides, you know, Colorado, California and Vancouver. I'm, I'm sure there's a few other places. Mm-hmm. This just seems a little crazy. You're at 40 people all openly and you know getting paid legally to to work on a on a weed farm. Yep, it's crazy. It's a it's a whole new world. It is kind of a whole new world. Whole and, and to think in other places you would all be criminals. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little out little outrageous. Yeah. Little outrageous. I don't want to take one stance or another but i do think that it's a little silly that in one place you're you're farmers and and workers and then if you cross a state line you're all felons yeah it's a little silly you talk about um oklahoma or nebraska suing colorado i have heard about this. yeah because of that same sort of thing yeah it's like and people are like i was just over there and it was cool and now i'm getting arrested over here it's a a mile away it's a little silly but that's you know, we have a big country, so it's hard for us all to adapt at the same speed. I, I've just been reading that in Mississippi, uh, in their sex education program, in their schools, they're not allowed to talk about condoms. It's against the law. Currently? Currently. To talk about them? Correct. So, but, but according to the statistics I read, 76% of teens report having sex before they graduate high school. 
So you've got the majority of, of people in the school system sexually active, and you're not allowed to teach them how to protect themselves. Any statistics on teen pregnancy in Mississippi? It, I, I believe it's fairly high. I believe it's fairly high. Yeah. I don't think I know how to spell Mississippi. Sure you do. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-
that kind of thing. Five, I mean, five, a lot of great Jeff Beck and I think Bobby McFerrin, Jeff Beck guitarist, Bobby McFerrin, crazy vocalist, but like that did that modality for sure. A lot of people, a conservatory trained people who are who are world class. Five, five, three to five hours a day, every day for years on end. So that is something I sort of hold up to as a standard, and I feel like if I if I did do that, it would it would be that much better. Um, so I don't get to do that that much, but but I'm always I think I have uh, always working through stuff in my mind, like and singing, like singing is an instrument I have with me all the time. Yeah. So always trying to sing and harmonize and jam out and if i hear something on the radio or someone else sings something i'm like oh can i do that how can my voice do that riff or that note or that thing you know try it try it it's great it's that fearlessness that 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 is inspiring to the rest of us and certainly was inspiring to me as a younger man of just not being afraid to sound bad at something the first time you try it and knowing that the second time you're going to sound a little bit better and the third time the fourth time the fifth time when me and dante were recording uh the shea carl and the shaytard song it was, it was in the, in the high sixties. Was the take we eventually used? Mm, yeah, I think it was about sixty sixty six or sixty eight take. And uh, I tell that story to people because it it's important to me. It's like we, the song when we started playing it really wasn't that magical. It was it was a decent song, but as we kept going and kept trying and kept pushing, it started to become much more natural until it felt like something really great. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. It's that kind of striving, yeah, yeah, diligence, and, and so, pushing, yeah, and that's the, something with that pitch, the pitch thing too. We were talking about with the voice, it's same sort of thing, or in other instruments. But if you like, hit, you're hitting a note, and you're like, that doesn't sound right, you know, don't just go, oh, I suck. Right, yeah, that's exactly. the trap that a lot of people fall into. Yeah, and they, I've heard people say, I can't sing, and, and I think the real answer is, I'm not as good as singing as I will be if I keep believing that I can sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people hit uh, a thing and then they yeah they think they suck and they don't suck. It's just your muscles aren't aren't developed. Yep. Can you play a little piano for us? I could. I'll, swi- I'll switch seats with you. Yeah. singing and piano and instruments it's always like this um so i have to feel somewhat skit so what do you mean because i try to do uh kind of try to do so many different genres or be able to do so many genres that i never i kind of don't uh, you know it's sometimes hard to delineate or or i feel like decide okay now i'm gonna this is gonna be country style or this is gonna be r&b or so do you have trouble finding what your voice is sometimes you know i run into that problem as as a rapper so I, I was never, uh, I would never have identified myself as a rapper. And then when we started doing the rap battles, I was always doing different voices and different things. And I have only a few that I can do. But when it comes time to actually rap as myself, I, I don't know what I sound like or what I what my perspective is because yeah, I've yeah. never really done it. So Lloyd writes rap songs, so he has his own authentic voice as a rapper. M- me, I usually pretend to be Abraham Lincoln. And then rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I can I can understand that. When last night when you were doing uh, the raps, the the math rap. Yeah, and a little bit before that, you were doing some of the texts. Yeah, from from epic rap battles and whatnot. Was that sounded kind of? I was experimenting. Yeah, I was experimenting. With, authentic. With trying to find my voice as a rapper. Yeah. You know, as I as I look at the the future of my music career, I've 
I have no idea what what I am or what I do or what to do. I've been doing rap battles for so long that I have no idea what uh, what else what else there is. Yeah. Are so you still thinking about a children's album? I've always thought about a children's album. Yeah. I think that would be so great. I think uh, children's music is like it's really important. I, I I think I could do it, and I think I could make some music that doesn't drive parents crazy. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. So we, in talking about the rap battles a little bit, we've been discussing. For those of you out there wondering wh- when the next one is or or what's going on, so we've we start we're done with our break and we've started working on it again. But the the working on it process takes a long time. So right now we're in the process of trying to decide who to do. So we're looking at suggestions. We're going over things that have been have been suggested, and uh, there was one that that you like a lot. Can you, can you tell them what it is? Wait, which one is that? Uh, the, oh, the, <coughs> the silent one? The silent one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you. It's uh, Mr. Bean versus Charlie Chaplin. Which I am also excited about yeah. as an idea. I and love it, too. It, it came up, uh, I don't remember how, it came up in a conversation, and I've seen it suggested. I've seen Mr. Bean suggested, Charlie Chaplin suggested. I've seen a lot of silent characters suggested, and I've always kind of mocked the suggestion. I've been like, those people are silent. What? You're an idiot. How are we gonna do that? I've seen PlayStation versus Xboxes. Like those are those are machines. <laughs> but there was something. I think it's because I just recently watched a Charlie Chaplin movie that it got got me a little more excited. And I also realized, and have come to peace with, how much I kind of look like Mr. Bean sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a Mr. Bean. Got a very rubbery face. I got a rubbery face, <laughs> and and that's okay. I've come to peace with that. So there is that. You know, it's it. With a project that that has become popular and 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 whatever, it's 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 exciting to try new things with it and see what else you can do with it. And doing a silent rap battle definitely sounds very interesting to me. And there will be words, right? You think? I don't know. See. I don't know how we would gestures. Do it. Yeah, I I really don't know how to do it. But I was definitely I was inspired when you said you liked the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's you know there's a lot of people that that watch them now, and I I want to do different things with it to really delight certain types of 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 tastes and and your opinion on music and stuff is, is very important to me so i'm guessing you weren't a huge fan of like leonidas versus master chief yes what? it wouldn't be it was yeah i enjoyed sure. it though but that's I mean, it doesn't, well done doesn't, thanks but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't like call out to you yeah 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 although we were playing some call of duty earlier greg did very well at uh we only play zombies in this in this office mm-hmm we don't, we don't even. Ma- I've never even played the real game of Call of Duty, where zombies strictly, and uh, we played some, played some zombies and shot some, shot yeah. some zombies. It's good time. Yeah, a little stabbing, a little shooting. Yeah, you t- you took to it quickly. Well, I was I've been playing a lot of GTA recently, which oh. is the whole different story. <laughs> How's that been treating your psyche? It was just that you know what traveling is interesting and and the kind of thing that because I, I sort of take on the shape of the lives that I come in, in into contact with, and the places. So um, you know, here visiting Pete and Dante, hanging out in the studio doing a podcast, sure, jamming for two hundred forty minutes. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and the place I was at before, I was hanging out with people, and one of the gentlemen there, a lovely feller. Uh, was playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto, so uh, you know when in Rome, I jumped on in, and and, um, and I and I and I'm very I am. It's a there is moral sort of skepticism or an yeah. No, it's bad for society. I think <laughs> probably 
Did you see or hear? I mean, I don't know if I want to promote, like, put it forward, but there's a, a guy who maybe went a little crazy who um, acted as if he was in Grand Theft Auto, and they had like aerial video of him, uh, and he's basically like going into intersections, like stopping cars, pulling, like opening the door, throwing people out of their cars, driving off. Yeah, and I'm surprised that hasn't happened more. Yeah, it's such a realistic game now. I remember the 2D version of Grand Theft Auto. It was a bird's eye view. And these little cars, and you run little little tiny people over, and it was hilarious. It was little stick figures and stuff. Yeah. Now, you can like see the tears. Yeah. And, and see the the fear in people's faces. Yeah, like, it's that's little, effed up. It's a little much. For sure. I haven't played it much, but I know when after you do something horrible to someone in society, and the cops begin to come, your heart instantly starts pounding. You're oh like, yeah. Oh, I have I have yeah. seconds to live. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. And so perhaps that's what does tamper from people. Um, you know. Just taking AK-47s and bazookas to Cadillacs in Los Angeles. But the the real-life police coming after you, it's a real, very real, very palpable, scary feeling. Jumping fences and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, if you die in Grand Theft Auto, you just get to start again at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what happens in life. Yeah. I was one of my favorite things to do. Speaking of the reality, I was telling Pete, which is kind of neat. I might recommend it to people playing Grand Theft Auto, but I'm sure he did something like this because I think people do a bunch of things because they get bored. But uh, but it's like taking stealing a helicopter or a jet and flying to like the edge of space, like way, way, way up, and then jumping out and like sort of skydiving down into the city and maybe parachuting and landing on top of a building, a skyscraper. Yeah, or something. I've never I've never tried that. Yeah. I didn't even know you could. Do you have a parachute all the time? Um, most of the time, or you have to get it, but it's like a, it's replenishing or something. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Grand Theft Auto, music, murder. <laughs> it's all, it's all a part of this wonderful life. <laughs> Greg, I want to thank you for for being our first guest on our yeah. podcast, for sharing your your music with us, for uh, for helping inspire me to a, a life of music. Good to see you. Anytime, yeah. Good to see you. On behalf of us all, uh, until the next podcast, you know, try something. Try something scary. Yeah. If you've never sang, give it a go. Don't be afraid to hit that wrong note. It's 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 either just flat or sharp. Mm-hmm. It's just an adjustment. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all. So let's let's play them out with little awkward white guys in shorts, can we? So uh, have a great day.
first saw you right down the street I didn't think much
Scratch yourself. <laughs> 